Do you have a plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success experts, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now. Welcome, Power Partners, to our informational playground at Star Style. Be the star you are. I am your host, Cynthia Bryan. Welcome to October. Wow, where has the year gone? We are now in fall, and the weather is cooling down. And I don't know, it just seems like I just put January on the calendar, and here we're almost at the end of the year. Well, in any case, we're here with you. It's 4 p.m. Pacific, and I am in California, wherever you are. I hope you are having a great day. This show is brought to you by Be The Star You Are Charity. We had a fabulous uh festival a pear and wine festival on saturday a big shout out to our express yourself teens who ran it especially our teen director siri and we're we're so happy that people could stop by and say hello to our teen reporters the miracle moment for today is brought to you by be the star you are charity you can visit us online at be the star you are.org and it's from oscar wilde all at once Summer collapsed into fall. And that's kind of how I feel. It's like, wow, it was summer and now it's not. (laughs) And it was so interesting because it was a really warm summer and now it's still warm, but it's really cool at nighttime. I mean, like you need a sweater. And um, the days are beautiful and the trees are turning colors and I love it. So we're going to talk about a few things that are happening right now because autumn has arrived with its bounty of fruit. And if you like do-it-yourself kinds of things, I'm going to uh, give you some information on how you can actually make your own dried fruit, dehydrated fruit, vegetables, etc. as a way to stretch the season. And then... October sees the rise in cases of influenza. So have you had your flu shot yet? We're going to find out why it is important to be immunized against the flu, shingles, and other diseases. So lots of things like measles and mumps aren't just um, about having um, being a kid. So we have to uh, decide how to be immunized. And as we age, our bones become more brittle. Treatment for osteoporosis is critical to prevent future fractures. So identify bone loss at the earliest stage and take steps to strengthen your bones with some exercise and supplements because we want to maintain good balance and fend off falls. So we'll be talking um, in the third segment about bone health and how to keep it healthy. So in the fall of my freshman year at UCLA, that's the University of California in Los Angeles, I began working at one of the very first health food stores that was ever created in California. It was called Nature's Health Cove, and all the offerings were organic. They were pesticide, insecticide, colorant-free. The fruits and vegetables were pathetic, 
looking. <laughs> Worms bored into the apples. The Swiss chard had holes from munching snails. Greens boasted fringe tips, and that was a gift, obviously, from hungry marauding rabbits. Tomatoes were cracked. Zucchini was malformed. Yet, the produce tasted really delicious, and even though the prices were at least double of anything one could purchase at a grocery store, the crops sold rapidly, and one of my tasks was to cull through any severely damaged items, putting them in a bucket for a compost pickup by an urban farmer. Now, having worked in the fruit drying yards and the big barn to hide raiders growing up on our farm, it dawned on me that usually half or more of any fruit or vegetable is salvageable. Now, when you're living on a farm, you can give those fruits and vegetables to the animals, you know, the goats, the pigs, the chickens, the ducks, the geese, whatever, and they'll eat them. But if you're just in a house or an apartment, chances are you don't have those critters that are going to eat your eat your um, your extra or your damaged fruit and vegetables. So, and of course, at a store, you know, we weren't feeding all, we weren't feeding animals, we were feeding people. So I suggested to the owner at that time that perhaps we could cut out the decaying parts and create some healthy drinks and some dried snacks with the ripe remainders. And that initiative became an instant success with both students and the general public clamoring for a revolving menu of inexpensive, tasty treats. I was making things with with um, with yogurt and kefir, and it would just be fruits, vegetables, whatever that we had around, and uh, sometimes different juices that we would press ourselves. And it just turned out to be so delicious, and it was so much cheaper than other things, and people really, really liked it. So now, as summer is collapsing into fall, my trees and vines are really heavy with fruit. And as much as I eat and give away, there's still more for the picking. And I hate waste. And besides canning and freezing the extras, I wanted to create some of the dried fruits of my youth. Now, this past weekend at the Pear and Wine Festival, um, the day of the festival, I picked this really gigantic basket of fresh tangerines and Asian pears, which we sold for a donation to the charity. And it was so interesting because they were so big and beautiful and ripe and delicious that we ended up getting almost double what we were asking um, as a donation because people loved them so much. And you can't, you couldn't get these kind of fruits and vegetables at um, at the store, you know, when you can get them fresh out of the orchard. So back to um, drying fruit, uh, we were cleaning out one of our barns this past uh, summer on our farm, and I came upon this vintage, this vintage portable dehydrator that my grandfather used eons ago to dry his autumn bounty of pears and apples and figs and grapes. We didn't know if it would work or not, but I cleaned the appliance and I plugged it in. It only had one setting, and um, I started to uh, slice and dice, and the results turned out to be phenomenal. It worked really well. So if you have bought any dried fruit lately, you know exactly how expensive it is. And if you are like me and you like do-it-yourself projects, I have a really simple recipe 
that I can share with you and you can create your own personal organic fruit leathers. You can use trays and you could dry your produce in the sun. That's the way it's been done for centuries. It takes longer and actually critters may creep in to steal your sweets. In fact, for many years of my teens, I worked in the fruit drying yards, which meant that we would cut the peaches, the pears, the apricots in halves, pit them, lay them on these big, big wooden pallets, we call them. They're like huge, big, big trays, you know, that are like mm, 10 feet long, four feet wide, something like that. And then they would be brought out into the sunshine, sprayed with a little bit of sulfur. And that's how your dried fruit was made. It would then be packaged and sent to the stores. So you can still do something like that, even just with cookie sheets, but you have to be careful, I would probably put a netting or something over it. But a a good suggestion is to purchase a small dehydrator that has four or five drawers. They're not very expensive. I was checking them online and, and saw that, you know, they can be had for, you know, maybe $30, $40. But my old dehydrator, this vintage one from my grandfather, it has four drawers. It only has a single heat setting. And the thermometer that I tested it with said it was dehydrating at 125 degrees, which is really just perfect. The difference for me, like than the new ones, the new dehydrators that you can buy, they have multiple settings and um, they kind of regulate all the trays. For me, I had to move the drawers from the bottom to the top every three hours just so that everything would dehydrate evenly. And so that meant for me from start to finish, it took 24 hours. Now, if you buy a dehydrator with an adjustable temperature setting, you'll probably be able to dehydrate between six and eight hours, and you won't have to be moving the trays. But there is something kind of fun about using an appliance that was my grandfather's uh, and that it still works. And I, I love the simplicity of it. It's not, you know, you don't push buttons like you do today with, you know, everything seems to be computerized. I like the idea you just plug this in and it's turned on automatically. So here is the recipe of how to do it. It's so simple. You probably can remember it, but if you have a pen and paper, think about writing this down. So you can use any fruits or any vegetables. Uh, Wash and pat them dry. So, you know, put them in a bowl, wash them, then put them on a towel, and then pat them dry. If you want to peel, you can, but I didn't. You remember that on most fruits and vegetables, it's the peel that has a lot of nutrients. But if there is any bruised or damaged parts, cut those out. And then cut your fruit or vegetables into slices, perhaps a quarter to a half an inch thick. Now, some vegetables, including eggplant, cauliflower, broccoli, carrots, zucchini, potatoes, and radishes, should be blanched for a couple of minutes. That's just, you know, put them in some hot water for a few minutes and then put them in some cold water, and then you can pat those dry. Then slice, cut those slices, as I said, in a bowl, um, and put them, put all your slices in a bowl and toss them with some lemon juice or apple vinegar, and that will reduce any browning 
It is an optional step, but it does help in the preservation. I actually use both because I grow lemons and I have apple vinegar. I use both. So I squeeze the lemon juice on and then I put the apple vinegar. And then also with the lemon rinds, I sliced those and I dried those as well. And I've been using those in cooking. So I love it. Then with the trays that you have, just spray them lightly. Just give them a spritz of a canola or olive oil, and that's going to prevent sticking. You don't want your fruit and vegetables to stick to the netting. And then place slices of the same fruit and vegetable on a dehydrator dehydrator rack in a single layer and don't overlap. And use different trays for whatever different varieties that you're going to be um, drying and then just that's it just watch the process until it's done and when you think that the fruit and vegetables are dried to your liking and they look like leather um, let pull the racks out and let the racks cool before you remove the fruit and then you can eat them immediately if you like them warm you can eat them right away but you can also store your stash and then when it's all dried you can pack the fruit in glass jars or sealable plastic bags. I actually um, let the bags and the jars sit for a day or two, you know, on my counter to make sure that there wasn't any condensation and I would shake them. And if there is any moisture, you'll have to return the product to the dehydrator because it means it needs more drying. But if there's no moisture, you're done. And then you can store them in a pantry or in a room um, temperature darkened area. So as long as it is dark and temperature controlled in a way, and voila, you have your very own dried fruit and leathers. And, um, you know, they make great gifts too. Now, Another thing you can do if you have a freezer, you can put that dried fruit in bags and you can put them in the freezer. And I have experimented with overripe bananas, apples, pears, Asian pears, and I even made raisins with some Chardonnay grapes that I'm growing that were actually not quite ripe. They were still green and I and they had seeds in them. And I just decided I'm going to see with how they turn out. And they were so good because they turned out really crunchy. And I like them in my cereal. So everything turns out delicious. And I know that these dried trials are nutritious uh, because except for the bananas in in my dehydrator, everything that I dried, you know, originated in my organic orchard. So I know it's in the soil. I know how I fertilize. I know that it's healthy. And my next testing that I want to do is I want to make some sweet potato chips because I'm growing sweet potatoes. And I plan to also kind of go exotic. (laughs) I'm thinking, you know, Polynesia by drying mangoes and um, pineapple, papayas and Probably maybe some strawberries or other berries. I might try that too. I recently witnessed a a rise also of what I call um, ugly fruit in stores and farmers markets. And I was really happy about this. And even online sites are starting to popularize the value of imperfect produce. And I think this is a giant step forward in eliminating waste and re-educating our families to value all products provided by Mother Nature. Now, farmers using organic methods know that crops are not always pretty, 
but their nutritional value and health benefits far outweigh perfection of form. And I know for people who have never grown their own fruits or vegetables, um, and if you start to grow something, you're going to have wormholes and you're going to have spots. And like my tangerines have been literally kissed by the bees. I mean, the bees go to them and they get just this little bee spot. But, you know, all of this makes it really more delicious. So don't throw out that ugly fruit. I'm really, I I salute the farmer's markets and stores and sites that are showing imperfect produce um, and offering it for sale. So our summer has faded into fall. And I'm wishing you an abundance and a garden of eating. And I do have a few tips um, for this part of October, but later in the month, it's going to get busier. For right now, you want to prune what I call the widow makers. Those are dead branches on trees. And you can identify the dead branches before the leaves fall from the rest of the tree because there won't be any leaves on those branches. Now, check your crepe myrtles in bloom. If you are considering planting a tree or two later in autumn, it's the perfect time to decide what color of crepe myrtle would be an advantage to your landscape. Crepe myrtles are excellent specimens for year-round attractiveness. The leaves will turn red and golden late in autumn. Then in the winter, the bark is bare and it's so beautiful. And then in spring, these shiny green leaves pop up. And then the tree blooms midsummer to late fall. Mine are blooming now, and mine are the watermelon color. I love them. If you have purchased crocus tulips or hyacinth bulbs, you need to refrigerate them now for six weeks before you plant them. You can add aged chicken manure to your soil if you're noticing that it's less fertile. If you have tuberous begonias, you want to keep them blooming until frost. So deadhead them if the flowers are spent. And also a little thing is, I don't know if you know that tuberous begonia flowers are edible. They have a tangy citrusy flavor. So you could add a few to a salad or just put them on a dinner plate. It's the final days of fresh picked tomatoes. So toss them with some basil or cilantro and enjoy them now. And it is harvest time for tangerines, Asian pears, grapes, and figs. And, oh, the figs are really good now. Also, think about photographing your deciduous trees as they change colors. The contrast of colors is going to amaze you as you reflect on the timeline. I usually start when they're green, and then I try to do a picture like every couple days. And it's interesting to watch the flow. And, again, dehydrate your extra fruit and vegetables for tasty snacks. Kids especially love these dried sweets. And then cut and compost the the damaged parts from the ugly produce, and then you can just cook or dehydrate uh, the rest. Just so waste not. Be a steward of our planet and just do some simple upcycling. So welcome to the cool and crisp days of autumn. Fall forward. Waste not. I'm Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. Visit my website, thegoddessgardener.com. You can go to cynthiabryan.com, but I'm known as the Goddess Gardener. And I'll be back in a bit with information about how to protect yourself from the flu, shingles, and other things. Don't go away. Mm-hmm. 
Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world, lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR, 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 and visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan, www.cynthiabryan.com. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryan, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business. Well, we are back, and I'm glad that you stayed with us, and I hope you're staying healthy and feeling really good, but I want to help arm you against the flu. It's so important to get your vaccinations to fight seasonal viruses because the temperature is dropping. Um, just like the leaves will be dropping soon if they're not already dropping where you are. And that actually means that flu season is here or quickly around the corner. The number of influenza cases starts to rise in the month of October, which is when the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention recommend getting vaccinated. Now, every single adult needs a flu shot in the fall. And if you are 65 or older, you should also get a dose of the two Uh, pneumonia vaccines that uh, protect against diseases like pneumonia and meningitis. I mean, those are two things nobody wants, but I think the older you get, it's more dangerous. So getting vaccinated against these diseases is also especially important if you have any autoimmune uh, issue or inflammatory type of problem or you might or you have arthritis because if you do you're at a higher risk of getting these infections and then having complications from them and while you're in the vaccination mode make sure you are protected against pertussis that's whooping whooping cough you also want to be protected against hepatitis B and shingles Almost one out of three people in the United States will develop shingles in their lifetime, and that's according to the Center for Disease Control. Now, there is a a shingles shot. The shingles vaccine is kind of a moving target, according to physicians. There's a new vaccine out called Shingritz, 
It's S-H-I-N-G-R-I-X. And it is considered more effective than the older Zostavax vaccine, but it hasn't been tested in people who have arthritis. But because Zostavax is a live vaccine, it's not recommended for people who take certain drugs that could weaken their immune system. So that's why you have to always check with your doctor. And for right now, those are the only two things that are available for shingles. And there's you know research being done on it. But of course, we want them to be effective and it has to be safety. It has to always be first. So um, if again, if you're an arthritis a patient, it could cause the vaccine might cause a little bit of, of a flare, but it's likely more effective and long lasting. And so that is very important. Now, when it comes to disease prevention, there is safety in numbers. And you do need to have your vaccine. And it's really, really hard to escape the news that's out there. And I'm always shocked to hear that more and more Americans are refusing to have their children vaccinated against diseases such as measles, um, despite the fact that there's a near unanimous community of agreement that uh, vaccines are safe, effective, and necessary. Now, the vaccine panic puts everybody at risk because if you're not vaccinated, you can cause other people to get sick. The ultimate power of vaccine is in something called the herd immunity, and that means where those who are vaccinated provide protection from transmittable diseases to the entire community, and especially to babies and others who are too young or too sick to get themselves vaccinated. You know, um, in other countries, the and, and it's a terrible thing, um, there are over 400,000 children die each year under the age of five because of some transmitted disease they get, or many of them it's from dehydration or diarrhea kind of things. And a lot of it is also just flus. So uh, getting vaccinated is really important. Now, uh, in a survey of 1900 adults age 45 and over, more than half were up to date with a shot that would primarily protect babies too young to be vaccinated against whooping cough. But still, 30% of surveyed adults didn't know when they needed a pneumonia shot. And that's a very dangerous gamble, considering that one in five adults who are hospitalized for pneumonia end up in the in um, intensive care unit. If you're over age 50, it's critical that you step up to protect your health and the health of those you love. So here are some of the vaccines you need. Now, we talked about the flu. Who needs it? Absolutely everyone. And how often? You have to get it every year. Uh, we need a new vaccine each year for the flu because the strains change and the immunity that you gained from years past has gone. And you just, our bodies don't retain it. So unfortunately, since the flu of, um, strains are changing constantly, new vaccinations and new vaccines are always being created. Now, an annual flu vaccinations are important for everyone and especially for older adults or 
or people who come into contact with the elderly because an estimated um, uh, 37,000 to 62,000 people died last year from the flu, and the vast majority of those are over 60 because they're more susceptible to getting sicker. So if you come in contact with older people or you are older yourself, you should definitely be um, vaccinated. And also if you come in contact with young people. Now, there are a bunch of different options for flu vaccines, and the CDC doesn't recommend any one over the other. But you cannot catch the flu from the shot. Just remember that. People think that, oh, I don't want to get uh, the vaccine because I might get the flu. You might get some mild flu-like symptoms after a flu shot. You know, you might get a little fever. You might have a sore uh, sore muscles. You uh, might have a headache. But that's kind of normal. And all that means is that your immune system is working the way it's supposed to do it. Now, this shingles shot, who needs it? This one is for anyone who's 50 or older who has not been vaccinated in the last five years. And you need to have, get it twice over the course of two to six months. Now, what is shingles? Oh, I, I've just heard it so nasty and very painful. It's a blistery rash, and it's a cousin to chickenpox. And it actually strikes over a million people in the United States every year. And again, all these things are really bad on elderly people. Now, it will clear up usually after three, four weeks. But what it does, and this is the real painful part, is it can leave nerve pain, a lingering nerve pain that can last for months on end. And if you've ever had nerve pain, um, boy, it is definitely not fun. Now, the Zostavax vaccine that I was telling you about is recommended for those uh, who are 60 and over. And a new vaccine, the Shingrix, that was just licensed in 2017, is currently recommended for everyone starting at age 50. And it's said to be more effective. Uh, it loses its ability to prevent shingles after five years. So even if you've had the vaccine, you have to get it again. And, um, and as long as it's been longer than eight weeks between the shots, it's not going to hurt you to get it again. Now, the few downsides to the Shingrix uh, vaccine that makes some people hesitate is that you could get a fever and some muscle pain and some chills. But, you know, that's kind of all. And then you've got to have two doses given two to six months apart. Instead of for the Zostavax, it was just one dose and that was it. Pneumonia. Now, pneumonia is really serious, but who needs it? Anyone that is 65 or older or younger for anybody who suffers from a chronic medical condition or has any kind of lung condition or scarring. And you only need a, a dose. Um, you get it once and then you get an additional dose a year later. And right now there are two vaccines to help protect against pneumonia. PPSV23 and PCV13, and they protect against different strains of the bacteria that causes pneumonia, um, and it also causes meningitis and bloodstream infections. 
The CDC is now recommending the PPSV23 for all adults. And if you do not have a weakened immune system, the decision to get the other vaccine, the PCV13, can be made by you and your doctor as this vaccine targets strains that aren't that common anymore. But, you know, obviously, if you get something, you'd be better off if you had had the, um, the vaccine. Now, MMR, if, do you know what that is? That is measles, mumps, and rubella. Now, who needs it? Those born in 1957 or later. And how often? It's going to be once or twice if indicated. Now, the vaccine protects against measles, mumps, and rubella. And those born before 1957 probably don't need it because they probably acquired immunity in childhood. But after 1957, um, people were not protected. And if you're traveling internationally, you should get it anyway. It turns out that the version of the vaccine that was uh, administered to several million people between 1963 and 1967 was ineffective. So if you're not sure if you're protected, just ask for another dose, or you can get a blood, uh, blood test done to check your immunity. So that might be the best way to go, but, or you just can get another dose of it. Now, tetanus, absolutely everybody needs that. And if you're a gardener, as I am, you definitely need it because it's not just stepping on um, a rusty nail that could give you tetanus. There is tetanus in soil. So you could just be digging in the ground and you could get tetanus. How often do you need a tetanus shot? Every 10 years. Now, thanks to childhood vaccinations, tetanus is now pretty uncommon. There were only about 30 cases last year of the illness. But uh, if you get it, you get these terrible muscle spasms and breathing complications of lockjaw. Now, there is still a risk for older people who have not gotten their 10-year booster shot. The Tdap vaccine, that also protects against uh, tetanus, pertussis, which is whooping cough, and diphtheria, was introduced in 2006. So if you're not up to date on your shots, there's a good chance you haven't received it. And the CDC updated its recommendations to suggest that all adults get that Tdap and then a regular TD tetanus booster every 10 years. And with the Tdap, you get that side benefit of protection against whooping coughs. And that Sounds like I whooping cough. I mean, you don't hear about it, right? So it sounds like a disease that is just old fashioned or was from the 1900s, but it isn't a, a, um, a disease of the past. Last year, there was a terrible outbreak of whooping cough in Idaho. And so inoculating yourself is important for protecting any young children with whom you can interact. Chicken pox. Oh, gosh, that's another, that's a bad one. And of course, that can lead to shingles later on in life. Anyone who has never had chicken pox needs to get the chicken pox vaccine. Now, odds are you have been exposed to chicken pox, but on the rare chance you haven't actually had the virus, you could still be able to catch chicken pox some, someone who has shingles. Isn't that interesting? Now, shingles is not contagious unless it's for you to catch chicken pox, so you can't you won't con um, contact or contract shingles if you're near somebody that has shingles. But if you haven't had your vaccination or you've never had chickenpox, you catch chickenpox. 
And getting chicken pox as an adult, from what I understand, is horrific. So if you are an adult, get the chicken pox. And for kids, you want to get them too. And if you're not sure, again, talk to your doctor about whether you should just get a vaccination or you can just get that simple blood test to determine if you're immune. Now, what about hepatitis? That is one of those really scary words. I always worry about hepatitis um, when I travel. Um, Hepatitis C, boomers are a particular risk for, but since 2016, more than 20 states have seen outbreaks of hepatitis A, which is highly contagious, and it's a viral liver infection. It causes abdominal pain and jaundice. There were 140 infections reported in New Hampshire um, from 2018 through July 2019, and that was up from just six or seven cases the year before. So it really is an outbreak. And right now in West Virginia, Indiana, Tennessee, they are experiencing big, big outbreaks of hepatitis A, and it is spread through contaminated food. It can also be thread, uh, sped through drug use, unsanitary conditions, and people who are homeless. So um, what has been said is that the opioid use is probably far and away the greatest risk factor for getting hepatitis um, A. But I know when I was traveling, I've had all my shots, but I know when I was traveling to India, which is really a very unsanitary country and really has no sanitation, very little sanitation, and probably even the people that live, that work in the um, high-end hotels and high-end restaurants probably go home to places where they still have to defecate outside and there's no running water and they're getting their water from contaminated sources. So, you know, hepatitis is a big issue. Now, some older Americans have immunity to hep A and hep B. Now, hep B is typically spread through sexual um, contact, but there are vaccinations. But um, if you think you're at risk, ask to get vaccinated and have yourself uh, tested for hep C while you're at it. And, you know, in the meantime, just a, a quick reminder, just if, if you are having sex, practice safe sex, uh, no matter what your age, because a lot of these diseases are happening, you know, with the very young and the very old uh, who think that they are immune. And then uh, always wash your hands thoroughly before cooking and any time that you use the restroom, make sure to wash your hands with soap and water and you will prevent the spread of hepatitis or other uh, viruses. And I like to keep some hand sanitizer with me at all times too. I think that helps just a little bit. So um, that's what I have to, the health, my your health warnings about flus and vaccinations for this segment. I hope it will help you, and October is the best month to do it. Now, when we come back from our business bite, we'll talk about reducing your risk of taking a tumble because we want to keep our, our bones strong and our balance tight. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. We are broadcasting live on the Voice America Network. This is the Empowerment Channel. And I appreciate you staying with me. Be right back after Business Bite. Be the star you are. The star you are. 
Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. Are your presentations strong? By entertaining a few proactive techniques, your meetings can become a valuable tool for increasing business. Hone your skills before opening your mouth. This includes not only having the most up-to-the-minute information, but delivering the information in a relaxed, confident manner. To practice, you can tape yourself or if possible, videotape your performance and have someone with a critical eye comment. With smartphones, it's very easy to do today. Use a coach or acting professional to help you with diction. Be energetic and enthusiastic. When you love what you do and believe in what you're talking about, other people will want to follow. Be prepared to be flexible and adapt your message for different clients. Welcome questions and establish a dialogue. You want everyone to know that this was time well spent, not wasted. Remember, you're the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. For more information or to book a coaching or consultation, visit CynthiaBryan.com. That's CynthiaBryan.com. Be the star you are. The star you The annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over $225 billion. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax-deductible contribution to Be The Star You Are charity. A top-rated nonprofit, Be The Star You Are promotes positive role models, produces positive radio broadcasts, and donates positive books to empower women, families, and youth. Be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars. Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376, 376, Moraga, California, 94556. Bethestarur.org. Dare to care. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business is calling Well, I'm Cynthia Bryan, and we are back together. You're listening to Star Style. Be the star you are, coming to you live on the Voice American Network. This is the Empowerment Channel. Well, I hope you haven't taken a tumble or a fall recently, but we want to make sure that we keep your bones strong so that you have good balance and that you're able to enjoy your life. I mean, when that that saying health is wealth, it is really, really true. We really don't realize how critical uh, health is to us until we lose it. So we want to use it and not lose it. And each year, falls send almost 3 million Americans to the emergency rooms. And if you 
Um, if you have any numbness or arthritis or your gait is wobbly, you are more vulnerable than anything else. And if your spinal column has narrowed, you know, you might have spinal stenosis and that interferes with nerve signals from the feet to the brain and that can throw you off uh, balance. But falls are preventable and we just have to employ a comprehensive strategy to keep ourselves in step. So a few things you can do around the house is to uh, tidy up, as they say, eliminate any tripping hazards in your home by keeping your clutter to a minimum. If you have uh, throw rugs, you may want to get rid of them because throw rugs are one of the biggest things of falls. If you do want to keep your throw rugs, you should put one of those pads underneath it that helps it stick to the floor so that you won't go flying. I know that my mom was playing Wii and she stepped on um, a, a throw rug and the throw rug just went flying and she fell and hit her head on like a... Um, oh gosh, a chimney, not a chimney, but you know, a fireplace mantle thing had to go to the emergency room, cut her head open. So that's kind of dangerous. Now lighten your home up. You want to have a well lit home so that that prevents you from stumbling over, you know, any animals you might have or a chair. And if you are getting up in the middle of the night to visit the bathroom, that's a major cause of falls. So you should have a pathway lit or have a night light on so that you can see where you're going. And, you know, you might want to make sure that the path is clear before you go to bed. I mean, because a pair of shoes or a chair in the wrong place or, you know, something could trip you. Get support. You want to install a slip-proof bath mat and grab bars in your bathroom if you need it. Now, staircases need to be in good repair and always use the railing. Keep focused and alert on your environment. And that is really important when you're out and about because sidewalk curbs, for example, they are a big cause of falls. I know um, my brother-in-law we were at a, a rock concert and we came out of it and he just didn't see the curb, how it had a, it was broken and he stepped on and he f had a bad fall. So um, there's other things too, is you want to make sure that you don't get those head rushes. You know, that's a condition that makes your blood pressure drop when you stand up, you know, kind of a lightheaded feeling. And that really increases your risk for falls by almost 75%. So if you, you might have to talk to your doctor if this is happening to you a lot because uh, maybe, maybe this lightheadedness is caused by something else. I mean, some triggers for lightheadedness can be dehydration. So if you drink plenty of water, but of course, drinking lots of water is going to mean more bathroom visits. So you just have to keep everything clear. Now, better your balance. Regular physical activity, we talk about it a lot, including strength training, is going to help keep you upright. And balance exercises are most important for preventing falls. One of the things that I was taught to do is while you're brushing your teeth is to try standing on one foot. 
and then go to the other foot and see how you do. Now, in the beginning, you might have to hold on to a counter, but uh, that's a good balance exercise. And some exercises like Tai Chi can really help with balance as well as yoga. But before starting anything, you should talk to your physician to make sure your body can have it, you know, is in shape for it. And then get assessed. If you've fallen twice or more in the past year, you need to really see um, a medical physician because you might be unsteady on your feet and you probably need a comprehensive risk assessment to see what's happening with your bones. We need to fortify our bone strength because um, there are many autoimmune diseases that can cause inflammation. You know, again, arthritis or rheumatoid arthritis or lupus, all these can contribute to bone loss. And those can up your odds of osteoporosis. And on top of that, if you're taking any uh, corticosteroids that are sometimes used to treat those conditions, that causes bone loss. So recent research shows that some people with the highest risk for osteoporosis aren't receiving the treatment they need to prevent bone fractures. And we know that undertreatment is an issue for all people, for all groups. And that includes uh, women, men, and um, uh, elderly, as well as people with autoimmune diseases. And it's a huge, huge problem. And treatment is absolutely crucial for preventing future fractures because that will diminish your mobility and your quality of life. And fractures, like we've heard so often of hip fractures, those can increase your risk of death. So what's more, uh, too few doctors are telling high-risk patients to take other steps to protect their bones, such as exercising, taking vitamin D and calcium supplements. Now, a study found that only 14% of osteoporosis uh, patients receive adequate calcium and vitamin D supplementation. And many people, including people who have rheumatoid arthritis, are not undergoing bone mass screening. So they don't even know that they have osteoporosis or osteopenia. That's the precursor to osteoporosis. So while research is suggesting that some people, particularly premenopausal women, may be overtreated for bone loss, it's a much smaller problem compared to undertreatment. So if you take any osteoporosis medication and you aren't sure you need it, again, ask your doctor which guidelines he or she uses to determine your treatment plan. Again, um, overtreatment is most likely to occur when physicians don't follow treatment guidelines. We have to be proactive. So it's so important. Our goal needs to be, and this is for men and women, to identify bone loss at the earliest stage, not after a fracture has happened. And we have to begin treatment. And I do want to say one thing is young people, even people in their 20s or 30s, can have osteoporosis because they could have a, um, a disease or a function that is causing bone loss. So if, if you are a young person and you are falling or you're breaking a bone or you're spraining something easily, 
you really need to get identified if this is uh, osteopenia or osteoporosis and get treatment. They, uh, osteoporosis medications, they can be used long-term and they tend to be extremely effective and they tend to be very benign in terms of side effects. But again, talk to your doctor about getting a bone density test and ask about the steps you can take to strengthen your bones, you know, through exercise, swimming, and supplements like calcium, vitamin D, doing Tai Chi, yoga, walking, um, bicycling. All of these are very good exercises. Now, um, why, why are so many people being undertreated? Some scientific reports, and these are old reports, and you know, from years ago, they found that long-term use of osteoporosis medications could possibly increase the odds of complications um, of the jaw and of atypical fractures. So after those reports, a lot of the media reported on it and prescription rates dropped drastically and they've continued to stay low. So there's still that fear that's persisting among patients and physicians, even though more recent research has shown that these complications are extremely rare and the benefits of treatment far outweigh the risks. So again, just imp very important for you to get your uh, to get all of your vaccines and especially your flu, your shingles, uh, hepatitis vaccine. Tetanus is mandatory, and you might need the measles, mumps, um, and and, um, and rubella. That's very important as well. And then get a bone density test. And you can keep very healthy by eating a lot of dried fruits and vegetables and fresh vegetables. So think about getting a dehydrator. So I hope this has been a healthy segment for you today, and I thank you so much for being with me. Please be here every Wednesday, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific. You can also catch us in the archives at the Voice America Network Empowerment Channel, also on iTunes and other podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Be The Star You Are, visit bethestarur.org. And more information about Star Style Productions or Cynthia Bryan, go to cynthiabryan.com. My aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate. See beyond your physical being. Know you're already a star that you dreamed of becoming. And read one of my books this year. You'll find them at CynthiaBryan.com forward slash books. Until next Wednesday when we celebrate again, remember love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles will keep us happy. I'm Cynthia Bryan for Star Style. I thank you, encourage you to be the star you are, be your unapologetically authentic, beautiful self, and have a week of dreaming, creating, inspiring, and making a difference. Thanks for being with me, and we'll be together on Wednesday, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific. Ciao for now. Be the star you are, the star you are, be the star you are, you are the star. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. 
For more information, visit StarStyleRadio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan. Every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are.